I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're gonna enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom, If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. All right, one more session for lunch. Nice to meet you all. My name is Gil Alush. I'm the founder and CEO of Metadata. We're the B2B marketing operating system. In the next 20 minutes, or maybe a little bit less, I want to talk about a few things. How we moved from almost dying, almost cash death, to hypergrowth, and then how we moved from hypergrowth to survival mode in a recession. Very relevant for where we are these days. I'm going to finish with a bunch of hacks uh, for the wartime CEO, and we're currently in wartime. So uh, just a little bit about myself, I'm a software engineer, I have robotics background, I spent about 10 years as a VP of marketing post my graduate school, and every lesson uh, that I talk about here is written in blood and sweat and tears. Uh, Nothing about this is theoretical. So I'll start with the revenue growth because that's how founder path slash SaaS open likes to put it. So this is how the revenue growth looks like. There's a nice peak in the middle, that was our hyper growth mode, 2021, 250%, it was amazing. But I didn't start that way. And so in 2020, we finally hit product market fit. It took us three years to build a product, sell it, and figure out who do we sell it to successfully. So we were very happy about the product market fit. But we were not happy about the fact that I had about half a million dollars left, burning about 200000 every month. So we had about two months of life. Um, I would not sleep well during that time. Uh, a lot, of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of heartbreak during that time. And so we had to, and I remember at some point, you know, we had a bunch of um, term sheets from kind of shark VCs, uh, completely changing the company, de-diluting, diluting so on and so forth, but we didn't, we didn't do those. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we have enough runway to survive this, this time. So the first stage that I'm gonna talk about is that survival phase, that I think every one of us here experiences at some point, whether the market is good or bad. In order to, to get through uh, that, that first initial uh, stage, we had to first and foremost remove a lot of burn. We had to cut our company significantly. So right in there, we cut about a third of our employees. Uh, we also stopped uh, paying every essential vendor. I know this is not very uh, popular to say, but I went through each and every spend with my CFO, every spend, from a consultant to, uh, to any software vendor, really anything. And if I couldn't afford it or it was not critical, we didn't pay, which means a lot of people were pissed, especially American Express, credit card, and a bunch of other, a bunch of other vendors, but we had to do it. It was either paying it and being at cash zero or, or postponing it, essentially. We eventually paid all of them, but postponing it. Also, the entire management team took a 20% cut, and all of the salespeople converted their commissions to equity. 
And they wouldn't have done it if we didn't ask them to do it. And so we, we said, here's an option. You're going to get more options than, than this commission is worth. And it's going to get you closer. It's going to get us closer because you're essentially investing in a company. And it saves us a lot of cash. And we had all of our salespeople um, and many of our, our VP of sales uh, committing to doing that. And then finally, we took that. Uh, essentially, anyone who would give me cash at that point, I, would took, I, think, I think I almost signed a 35% interest rate. Uh, I didn't end up signing it eventually because I got a better, a better one, but I was ready to do it. Um, at that stage, you really want to save your company. Now, when you have a situation like that, a survival situation, you don't only want to take defensive moves. You also want to take offensive moves because when everyone is panicking and, and hunkering down, it's kind of an opportunity for you to make bold moves. And so, first of all, we opened a convertible note. We couldn't raise an equity round at that moment because we didn't have enough time. And going into a VC when you're cashless is a bad idea. And so the first thing we did is to raise a convertible note for our tribe. And when I mean tribe is customers, friends, uh, existing investors, advisors, and even employees. And we ended up raising a nice convertible note. And with that cash, we had much more confidence to go and raise an actual Series A. The second one is we invested in sales. We hired sales team for, for Salesforce that already worked together with one another. Great culture, was very strong. And they just, we spiffed them on cash deals. Essentially, if they got paid upfront, boom, they got an additional bonus. That's what we optimized towards. And then finally, we found a piece in our product that was very well suited for a terrible time. It's called MetaMash. Today, it has a free trial. You can, you can go to our website and, and start with it. But we found out that that piece of software is very relevant for a recession. And so we made that a bigger deal and called every customer and offered them that deal. Now, I like to talk about drastic results because people sometimes don't understand. On the, on the left-hand side, you see what convertible that means, you know, um, or some of the venture debt, sorry. So we essentially sold our accounts receivables. We, we went and said, hey, look, we, we just closed $100,000 in MRR. Give us that $100,000 because we're only going to get paid at the end of the year. So any cash that I can take ahead of time, boom, a success. Second one, I maxed out all of my credit cards. American Express would call me daily. I would pick up the phone and tell them I'm not paying you anything. When I have money, I'm paying all of it. Right now, you can keep calling me, not paying you any of that. And third one, I would keep getting these notifications on my Mint because my credit score went from about 750 to about 250, 300. Was not great. A bunch of derogatory marks. I don't care. My company survived, and I knew it's gonna it's gonna thrive eventually. And so, look at that adjustment. That line, that small line, going very close to zero. You can imagine. I didn't sleep really well during those times. Heart rate was very high. I think I smoked a lot of weed during that period of time. And uh, we course corrected. And so we almost, almost got to zero, but then we course corrected. And once we course corrected, guess what happened? I got a lot of options from VCs suddenly. They were very excited of investing in the company. And they put our Series A. And we did, not, we did not start spending a lot of money after that. We actually kept the optimization phase and then got additional funding. And so what was impossible a few months before suddenly was, was our reality. If, if we didn't do those things um, and just repeated it, I wouldn't be here standing and talking about this today. And so one of the lessons learned that I had, and one of my advisors told me that because I was like, hey, I can't make those changes. We're already going on this, on this trajectory. And he told me, you can change your entire business tomorrow. There is nothing stopping you besides your own limiting thoughts. And so that's something that I think is very important for us to remember, especially when we need to pivot. So survival is important. But this is not the reason we signed up for this, for this role. And so, travel is really what we're here for. Growth, 
and, 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 the, and the victory. And so moving from that stage with Rival uh, was a very interesting experience. So in 2021, we had money in the bank and I had to completely change the culture because if until then it was we can't spend anything on, on anything, now it's you have to invest. You have to invest not only in the short term, you also have to invest in the long term. And so uh, we really had to make a, a big shift. And I can tell you something cool that happened is that we grew a lot more than we planned to. If in survival mode, we cut our goal by 33, 40%, in the thrival mode, I went back to my VPs, to my, to my C-levels, and we increased the goal three times that year. We we're supposed to grow from two to five. Then we said, hey, we're doing well. Let's do it to seven and a half, then 10.4, then 12 and a half, and we ended up at 12.2. So pretty cool to be able to adapt both ways. When you're doing well, you don't know if it's going to always continue, so max it. And when you're not doing well, you know, pull back. Very important, adaptability. Uh, with the AEs, one of the things that we did is we actually spiffed them this time for higher ACV and, and ARR. Cash was not a problem. We raised Series B in a great market, great valuation, nothing as great as Chili Piper, but pretty good still. And we were able to use that money to invest in our growth, in content, in a conference with 8,000 registrants, in a community, in a brand, in a bunch of things that we didn't have money for before. And then we made that transition, you know, cultural shift from survival and PTSD to thrival and growth. Um, it was a good time to, to trust ourselves and build the go-to-market motion, not being afraid of actually seeing what repeatability do we have. And we found out that we have pretty great repeatability. Um, one of the lessons that I learned in, in, in those times and I had to shift the entire culture is to not make decisions out of fear. Every time I was panicking, I was having a hard time, we were struggling, I would not make a decision. I would, I would take a break, I would go to the beach, I would take a walk in the tenderloin, I would, again, I would smoke one, or I would just take a meditation, whatever it is that I need to do to relax. When I'm in a relaxed mode, I make much better decision. Not to say that you have a week to wait, but figure out your psych and then fix it and ma then make a decision. And so, the most interesting part in this presentation, I think, is how to adapt back from hypergrowth and adapt to where we are today. Because right now, the market is not the best, and you have to adapt to it. Uh, I don't know if it's affecting your business, it's definitely affecting mine. And so, what did we do to, to adapt to the recession that we are today? And so, the situation arises that we thought everything is going to continue. That hypergrowth in 2021 is just going to continue, it's going to be amazing, we're going to keep doubling, maybe even more, every year. It did not happen. This is what happened in reality. Q1 was amazing. We grew exactly as we planned. Q2, we flattened. And so then what do you do? You know, investors actually called me. It was funny. In Q1, my, my new investor called me and told me, Gil, between the spectrum of CEOs who spend too much and CEOs who spend too, uh, too little, you're definitely on the spend too little spectrum. And fast forward three weeks into that conversation, into that phone call, he told me, hey, Gil, what's your budget cut plan? for the year. Because then every, the Shopify by then went down, the crypto went down. And so, you know, be, be, uh, be cognizant of, of the advice you get. You're going to get a lot of advice. You have to distill it on your own. And so what do you do? What do you do when you have a reality check like that? Uh, when the situation outside in the market is crashing, there are wars. This is more recent with Silicon Valley Bank. Our money was in Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, the stock market is going down. And meanwhile, your business is exactly the opposite trajectory. Our number of employees going up. The burn rate was going up and giving me a heartburn. And so the most important thing is if you see something that is not working, 
just make sure not to repeat it many times. That's, that's it. You always have the opportunity to change. And so it was funny. I was quoted in uh, Dave Gerhardt's um, book about the Series B trap. And although I didn't fall completely and die into the Series B trap, I definitely stumbled upon it myself. And so after we raise the Series B, there is this story that you didn't figure out everything about the business. You keep investing and actually you don't get the growth. And if you fool, fully fall into the trap, you run out of money. And then you have a fire sale. And so we found out about that very quickly. Okay, we're flattening. Let's change trajectory. So how did we adapt? What did we do? First thing first, get runway. We want to make sure at any point of time we have at least one and a half years, maybe two years of runway and be on a trajectory to break even. It's always important once you're master of your own domain, you can make good decisions. You have confidence, you can make good decisions. When you don't need money, you can get money. The second thing is cutting earlier. Um, you know, I, every time you get lots of advice, again, you have to distill it as a CEO, as a founder. I got a lot of advice, I think, we, we, not to fire before the holidays, not to fire now. This is not a good time to, to, let, to, to do the layoffs. And the truth is, it's never a good time to do layoffs. Never, no one ever wants to get that phone call, to get that Zoom, to get that, that meeting. Um, but guess what? If I waited two months, like I was advised to, by pretty much everyone, then I would have had to lay off eight more people, seven to eight more people, because that's how the burn works, right? You have two more people. You know you have to fire them? Do it earlier. You, have to, you know you have to cut costs? Do it earlier, because you're going to have you're gonna have to do less if you save that time. Of course, we negotiated the, the, the board KPIs. Suddenly, 100% growth was not necessary. No one was expecting it even. 50% growth is above and beyond the expectations for boards, even for a hyper-growth company. And then we focused more on retention. It's much, it's, it's much lower cost to increase revenues from exi existing customers versus from new customers. And so we shifted. We shifted there because that's the thing we had to learn during this stage. Um, another part that I, I think many people leave, don't put enough attention on is optimization. When you grow, you bring in inefficiencies, for sure. Every company that grows brings in B players, C players, workflows, inefficiency, bottlenecks, and you don't get a chance to fix it until you have to or until you get acquired and a PE makes you do that. And so if you can do those things earlier, the better. And it's very hard to do it internally without help from external people because when someone builds a workflow, even if that workflow sucks, they are emotionally attached to it. And so you have to bring in someone else who is not emotionally attached to it and can have a beginner's mind and show you that you have a problem here. Uh, so that's something we're doing across, across the board, in marketing, in sales, in product, bringing in those outside people. Hey, help us identify the bottlenecks. Help us identify efficiencies because once you increase, for example, the marketing to SDR or SDR to sales handoff, 5%, $10 million pipeline just comes out of nowhere that you don't have to buy. And then finally, just like with every other defense offense, you have to make offensive moves. Down market, when people are panicking, is a great situation to make some bold moves. And so we use the equity that we, uh, and the valuation that we benefited in, in a good market and use it to acquire a company uh, and use it to make some strategic moves. And so don't take all the runway that you're saving just to kind of you know, hide and wait for things to get better. No, change your own situation, make some strategic moves with the money that you now saved. Most important lesson here by far is to cut earlier. I learned that when you make that, when you make that bold choice on your own, it's never going to be popular. It's always going to be the right thing. Uh, it's better to, to let go of 10 people, 15 people than the entire company. And so we definitely cut the, the, the ARR goal. Uh, we shifted the HR from hiring to maintaining and culture and improvement of the culture. 
We cut every marketing program that didn't have a positive ROI. And by positive ROI, I mean revenues. Money in, money out, it's profitable. Uh, and then, of course, optimizing the acquisition funnel. We also made a few cool strategic bets. So we made our first acquisition in October last year, which already is panning out, which I'm very happy about. We hired a customer success and the account management team for the first time. We had an account management team. We didn't even think about that before. And then we launched uh, a PLG motion, a product-led growth motion that is starting to pan out as an amazing bet. Not all the bets we made panned out. I'm not showing you the like seven, eight bets that were a shit show. But I'm showing you the three that were very successful uh, because that's how it goes with bets. Uh, and it was 100% a good idea to do those. So a few hacks just to show, it's, it's really not rocket science, but to show you examples, just like with the reality check of a drastic move, what does it mean to do uh, a budget cut? So we were supposed to grow to about 200 people and we're at about 110. And so we really had to make hiring freeze completely. So about 30 people that we're about to hire, we're not hiring. And then we had to let go of a lot of people, some contractors, some full-time people. Um, you sh I had a number because I knew how much runway I want. So I had a number, I was conservative and panned out to be uh, a good idea. You don't wanna cut too much and you don't wanna cut many times, but most important is to make the right decision. Timing and popularity is secondary. Marketing programs, as you can see, everything that is revenue positive stays. Everything that is not revenue positive goes out the door. Product-led growth, this was expected to bring us about five to six trials. We're already at about 100 uh, after a month and a half. This is something that is revolutionary. Without cash restrictions, without a market that is problematic, we wouldn't make this move. And so you can take challenges and, and convert them to opportunities. This, without getting into the details, is how we're optimizing our workflow. And so you can see, we're really analyzing every area from the website, from the chatbot, to the forms, to the SDR, all of those, and see where can we make efficiencies. And then final, uh, but, but, uh, but very happy move is to acquire a company. I didn't realize we'll be at a position, but when the market crashes and companies are struggling, there are opportunities to actually make strategic moves, strategic acquisitions. So we made our first one, and we're integrating it really nicely into the company, providing sticky value uh, for the customer, and, uh, and it's just a nice win. So making bold moves in a, in a tough market is highly encouraged. Most people don't do it. You'll be the 5% that is gaining market share in a tough market, highly recommended. And then the convertible notes, look, we were raised just before the Series B in order to gain confidence. I raised, I think a 5 million, I plan to, to raise 2 million, ended up raising 5 million over a period of one month with convertible notes. It's super, super easy, especially when the market is hot, but even when it's not, super easy to raise on convertible note. I highly recommend it. That's it, these are the lessons. It was a pleasure presenting to you. Thank you very much.